0: You are listening to the Overfunctioning Leadership Podcast, learning leadership concepts through life experience. Welcome, friends, to another Overfunctioning Leadership Podcast. I am Alex. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And we are going to be revisiting self-differentiation. Yes, we talked about it once. Now we'll talk about it twice. (laughs) It was such a great time. Uh Uh-huh. And... Uh, We realized afterwards that I I think I asked even the question, how do you become self-differentiated? And we really didn't answer that. So maybe we should
1: try. It's also probably pretty appropriate because I think in several of our past episodes, our answer to questions has been... Well, you just have to be more self-differentiated.
2: So it seems pretty appropriate. Yeah, I was actually avoiding answering the question because I wasn't sure of the answer, and I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure I'm any more sure this week. But we'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's, It is. I thought there was like 43 and a half steps you have to take
0: in order. Give, I heard 16 step program. Oh yeah, give or take. Uh, and is it like? And I thought it was like a mat that you laid on the ground. So every step is like a real step in real life.
1: Kind of like the Candyland game, you know, little tiles and.
0: <laughs> anyways, all right, we're diverting off. Um, anyways, um, so before we get into the how-to, um, wiki podcast um, of self-differentiation, let's go to recap. So we did a brumble, Zach and I every brumble? every, <laughs> yeah, um, it, which is not a bread crumble.
1: Now that we're saying it, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. It but is. I, I think it's a
0: a brain rumble. A uh, brain like, rumble. Yeah. And I have to be honest with you, Zach. I didn't actually know that that's what you meant <laughs> until like <laughs> three days later, and I was like, "What the heck is a rumble?" Um, and so I just found that very enjoyable. It was very, is full whimsy. We even brought in John um, through words, not like physically. We
1: mentioned him several times. We did consider prank calling him beforehand, but I don't think we did.
2: You know, I don't know that people prank call anymore. That was a big hit when (laughs) I was a kid. He had nothing else. We call it crank calling. Yeah. But Mm. uh, I don't know that kids crank call anymore, but we should perhaps introduce how to do that
0: I think it's difficult with the uh, caller ID nowadays. (laughs) Maybe you're right. (laughs) Although there is a star six, seven or star six, nine or I don't know. Anyways, you can get around
1: it. Yeah, Yeah, but no one answers private callers anymore. That's true. If you're listening and your phone says (laughs) private caller and you're answering, (laughs) you should not be doing that. This is a public service announcement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we did talk about why the elephant in our brumble. Uh, We had some questions about why we chose an elephant as our logo. So we discussed that in very whimsical ways. And it is not because we are
1: staunch supporters of the Republican political party it has no political
0: reference whatsoever. Yes. And in fact, we just want to support elephants. The whole yes. point is we're just driving the elephant campaign.
1: The elephant does not represent us, it is us that represents the elephant.
0: Yes. So we better do a good job. Because they're like four tons or something and you can crush our bodies. Pretty big. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that was our rumble. As you can tell, it was full of ridiculousness, but um, a worthy lesson as well. Um, so that'll happen every fifth Tuesday of the month. We don't know when the next one is, but. Leap year. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah it's definitely a leap year. So um, then last time, gentlemen, we talked about self-differentiation. So and basically we just gave a definition of what it was. So what, like, what is the
2: definition of self-differentiation? I was thinking about this definition and I don't know that we said this last session, but thinking about being a separate self in the midst of a group. And a a good example of that is uh, a cell, uh, a cell in a body. A cell is part of a body, but has an individual separate function. And that particular function is what the cell knows and doesn't really know anything else. So a skin cell, a blood cell, a other types of cells. Neuron. Neuron. Um, Those cells know their particular function, and they aren't talked out of their function by another, so group pressure doesn't change what they believe they're about. I'm not sure there's much discussion among cells. Perhaps there is. Uh, Maybe on a cellular telephone. Uh, Oh, boo, boo, (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of like it. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, so they, they, they are mission-oriented, and they know what they want and know what they believe, and they know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. and they But they do that in the midst of a group, so they're not by themselves outside of the body. So they're within a body, but they have a separate identity. So I think that's a good description of self-differentiation, yeah. at least conceptually. And so we talked about how that affected people and... Uh, one way to
1: be differentiated as a person is to know what your convictions are and what you're deeply rooted in. Yeah. Who are you as a person? And that's a big question to answer and we have all these movies that try and answer that. Is it who we love? Is it the people that we were born from? Is it our um, achievements in life, the careers that we attain? Or And so convictions is, is the shorthand of that.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about that here more in a second. But before that, Uh, It is fable time, so go ahead, get your stretches in, and strike your favorite yoga pose, because it is fable time, and I'm actually going to share a fable today, so um, in the past, I don't know, a couple weeks or so, and this was not a plan uh, for me to do this, but I have checked out a different church, um, just for various reasons uh, we won't go into, but um, it's been It was an interesting visit when I went this past Sunday because um, I've been to this church before because my best friend goes to it. And I've admired the people that have gone there. Like every time I go, I'm like, man, these people are awesome. Like, and they're really welcoming, but just seem very solid. And I started noticing, especially this past Sunday, how solid they were as people. And then I had this big influx of, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is how what you do when you go into systems or churches. I don't know. But, like, then I started questioning myself of, like, okay, what's wrong? Why are these people, like, so solid? Why are they so self-differentiated, possibly? And maybe there's, like, what's the problem behind it? I need to figure out what the problem is, and so that way I don't have to like these people anymore. Um, and I can dig out some sort of error with them, and so that way I have some sort of Something to hold against them? I don't know. It's been a very weird journey, um, and on a systems level i'm I'm used to going to a non-denominational church and um, can be more charismatic, I would say, than this church is. and so I think my my homeostasis was one in which uh, I was used to more charis, uh, a more charismatic church, um, a more a little bit more open with the the sermon style. Um, and those types of things. And, and when I went to this church, the homeostasis is a lot different. And they dress nice. And that's not because they're better, um, but that's just what they do. And it was a lot more conservative. And so I had this like battle going back and forth with me about like in my brain, and even now today, and Zach and I talked for a long time about it, like, what what is going on with myself? And why am I so such in a battle against what's going on? And so... I know that that Fables, like, doesn't wrap up into a nice little... (laughs) Like, hey, this is everything that's going on here, but I think it, for me, it at least helps me... It gives a different setting or system to look at when it comes to this system theory and bone systems theory to say, okay, how does the way that we... This lens that we're using for leadership, how does that look through um, this scenario? And so... um, Guys, have any thoughts or questions, you know, about this? Yeah, you
1: mentioned that you were inherently opposed to this group of people initially, not for any like conscious reason, but it was one of the reasons you avoided going to this church and avoided checking it out. Um, why? Why do you think that is? Is it because you didn't want to be a solid person? I
0: don't know, and it might be part of it. I think some of my homeostasis in me would say that it's a lot easier to just stay where I'm at right now, and possibly that going to this new system, this church, would make me have to change as a person, and I'd have to change my own functioning to try to fit within this new system, and perchance, for me, that means, okay, it's going to cost me something a little bit more than what I thought it was, as opposed to going into something that I'm used to, and it's easy, and shoot i don't have to really think of this i can kind of go in and get out and that's the end of it you know um and and all that to say (laughs) i just want to make sure because i know there are people that um go to the church that i whatever whatever church i'm going to that i used to go to um is a great church i don't don't want to say um that it's not a great church because it is a great church but for me right now it just has it's just had me flood in all these different thoughts and so that's where i'm at. and maybe it's just a, when we talk about systems, theory, maybe it just comes down to homeostasis, a good idea and good look into homeostasis um, and how the things that you're so used to when you go to something that may be so different, maybe, I mean, it is pretty different. Maybe looking into that and saying, okay, maybe there is something to this when it comes to systems theory and,
2: and maybe that's why the alarm bells are going off in my head. I'll, I'll pose a question and it might be rhetorical and yeah. it may not be a question to answer here, or it might be. But I think about the phenomena that you mentioned of, I, I went into this situation and for all intents and purposes, it should have been like really, really good because of my initial impression. But there was something in me that was preventing me or pushing me away in some way would that be correct yeah it was uh, yeah were, kind of I
0: was you know I was excited to go and and yeah when I went I was just kind of like well this is just going to be like every other time I've visited mm-hmm. a church or somewhere and just I'm just gonna be chill and not think too much not make expectations too high
2: um, so I kind of went with lower expectations and so so I just asked the question have there been other situations other relationships or other experiences where you've had similar I'm going to go into it and kind of be chill and you almost talked yourself out of enjoying it if you've had a similar (laughs) phenomena yes yeah um and most of
0: those occurrences, and John, you would know this, and Zach, of course, um, which I think is true of a lot of human beings, is comes to relational. Those are a lot of I think of a lot of times when I've been in relationships with people, just friendship, or romantic, either one, in which um, I didn't think I had those expectations, and then I've freaked myself out um, because of somebody else's expectation or somebody else's functioning threw me off, and so. Um, maybe that's just part of my own self differentiation as I grow as a more solid self,
2: too. So yeah, it's a great. That's a good, good fable. I mean, it was interesting, and it's not like you can say, "Well, this is the conclusion with these." No. But you yeah. say maybe something's going on here, and you think through it. And yeah, maybe conclude something. Maybe not. Maybe not. So maybe the moral of this fable
1: would be something along the lines of. If you're looking for a group of differentiated people, find people who look differentiated. Because I know that was one of the big things you saw when you went through this group, is you're trying to fit it into the systems theory framework, and boom, you find a bunch of solid people that seem a little unperturbed by uh, <laughs> the systems
0: around them. Yeah, and then I get freaked out because mm. they may be, actually be solid people. And they care. And they care a little less about what you think, which... Kind of (laughs) rough.
2: How dare they? They're so important.
0: Yeah, dang it. Um, Okay, well, um, that'll be it for that fable. And now we're going to go into um, this question of how to become more self differentiated. This is like opening a can of worms, which I'm not sure there's any worms inside. (laughs) But that's where we're going. So, gentlemen, I pose that question to you, and let's see where it falls.
2: Well, I'll start off with a quote from uh, Dr. Bowen himself, and he makes a distinction between base differentiation and functional differentiation, Mm -hmm. and I think we did that last week too, but I'll briefly recap that. Uh, Base differentiation is essentially the level of maturity or differentiation that we get from our families, and this tends to be pretty stable from generation to generation, And it's what we inherit from our families. How mature our parents are, our lineages, if you will, tends to be our base level. And then functional differentiation is the maturity that we borrow from another, borrow from others. So uh, there's the distinction there. But he says most people spend their lives at the same basic level they had when they left their parental families. They consolidate this level in a marriage, after which there are few life experiences that change their basic level of differentiation. Many life experiences automatically raise or lower the functioning levels of self, but this shift can be as easily lost as gained. There are calculated ways to raise the basic level of self, but doing so is a monumental life task, and it is easy to say that the possible gain is not worth the effort.
1: So that's an interesting distinction that's made right there is you could, for all intents and purposes, marry in to a differentiated family to become more differentiated, right? You could surround yourself with a system that is differentiated. And I guess that begs
2: the question, what sort of differentiation are you looking for? Yeah, I guess my my question would be, so if if let's take a, a a husband and wife or a man and a woman and a, a man says boy I'm pretty undifferentiated but I'm going to latch onto this differentiated family, I think the female in that case would say why do I want to hook up with this guy? <laughs> yeah. You know Murray Bowen does say that people tend to marry relatively similar differentiation levels. So although that's possible, it's not real common that a person. I mean I guess. If I was relatively immature, I could try to latch on to that maturity to be more functionally differentiated. But I would imagine the woman would go screaming, running away, most likely anyways. And how would
0: you know? Like how, as, I, would, I would also assume that as somebody who's maybe not well self-differentiated, you wouldn't know, have the wherewithal to say, you know what, i want to try to get something from this person. Yeah, I doubt they're reading bone theory. (laughs) (laughs) Just a guess. But I would say, though, an occurrence where this might happen is if somebody wants a mentor, Mm -hmm. because that's happened to me before, where I'd said, you know, I see this person, and man, they've got something, Mm -hmm. and I want that, and so maybe I need to hang out with this person more. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's what it looks like on the individual level, then. It's not a lifelong commitment to someone, it's a... I'm going to find someone who's going to grow me in that intentional capacity. Mm-hmm.
0: I think so. Huh. Um, so so you want to grow as a person to be more self-differentiated, and you want to have clear convictions. How do you, I mean, we're, we're, we stated that last time, so how do you
2: do that? I think carefully thinking through guiding principles is a place to start you know what do i believe you know uh, bowen talks about a basic self as acquired through carefully thought through principles that are not they're not acquired through relationships and they're not they're not changed through relationships they are thought through carefully through life experiences and trial and error and eventually over time uh, they become a settled part of who a person actually is and that's part of that. It's it's a complex process and it's not an easy one, but it's about defining self. Mm-hmm. So I think about cells, they define self in the midst of a body. And it's difficult to do this. So, you know, teach high school students. And I was having a conversation today in our, in our training at school where we had some students speak about leadership. And one of the students who's a senior said, I know I need to differentiate in my family, but I'm not sure the cost is worth it right now. <laughs> and you know, he, he, he said it in simple economic terms. He actually used the terms cost-benefit analysis. And he mentioned that the cost of defining self in his family, where he needs to speak some truths that he's not spoken yet, the costs are immediate and real, and he can feel it just welling up within. And the benefit is long-term and hard to quantify. And so it's easier just to stay stuck in the relationship the way it is. And I don't know, maybe one day he'll get the nerve to do it. Uh, But it's not easy. So
1: there's a very direct tie there to anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. We've discussed chronic and acute anxiety. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. right there, that chronic anxiety is at a place where he's not willing to act on it. It's Mm -hmm. tolerable. He's not fed up yet. Mm -hmm. So that begs the question, can you look at the things that cause you anxiety as places to begin to form
2: convictions? I think so. Oh wow! I I think that's a great point to make. And I think the fed up piece is important. So if your relationships, so for those that are listening around the world, we've had some downloads (laughs) uh, recently in some various countries, some Mm -hmm. of which I've never heard of. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, uh, if your relationships are all going, one of my favorite words, swimmingly, If your relationships are all going very, very well, then I would encourage you not to do what we suggest here in the podcast because your relationships will probably get worse, at least temporarily. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, this is the idea behind Bowen Theory, uh, you'll raise your own maturity and the maturity of those around you. But it's a tough slog to go from chronic to acute, as you mentioned, Zach. Yeah, because it's so much easier just to slip. If you get it into acute,
0: to slip right back into chronic, too. And so that's why, you know, we have Ed Freeman's book here, Failure of Nerve. That's what it's all about. It's talking about um, I've made a decision as leader or as a person and I made it acute and I no longer have the nerve to stay there. So I let it go back to chronic and and just let it sit there. And we've all done it, been there, done that, you know, over and over again. Um, And part of kind of what you're saying is you're saying with your anxiety and being fed up comes a point to where... You know, Part of understanding your convictions is getting up in the tree and looking down on what's going on, right? Yeah.
1: And we made this distinction between, was it base and functional?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Base being your own and functional being the system you're a part of, correct? Mm-hmm. So if you do encounter a period of acute anxiety that you overcome and there's this tendency to slip back into chronic, it seems to indicate that you're going to... Revert to your base level of functioning without these intentional steps forward. If you're not intentionally seeking a a conviction, yeah, you're going to take a couple steps forward and a couple steps back, and it's going to average out unless you're consciously fighting against the current to
2: pull you back into this homeostasis. Yeah, I don't know that there's much difference between a 20-year-old and a 50-year-old, honestly, regarding maturity. I mean, it might look differently. The 50-year-old realizes that there are certain behaviors that cost me. And so they learn to kind of adopt those behaviors. But in reality, they're about the same level of maturity. Unless one really decides that they want to improve themselves and go through the difficult improvements. I would say oftentimes with a coach that's trained in Bowen theory to be able to help them think through objectively, it's really, really difficult to improve uh, a differentiation level. And Um, I think it's really, really hard. So the question that
0: Zach and I were going back and forth here about trying to figure out whether to answer this question, but I think it might be helpful, and we don't all need to answer this question, but we are not solid selves here, but hey, we're working on it, right? Yeah. So the question I think might be apparent is how did you, Zach, or how did you, John, or how did you, Alex, become more self-differentiated? And I think that's a great question. If you're one of
1: my friends or anyone who's ever talked to me in any capacity, um, a large shaping experience of my life was when I was a resident assistant in college where I had a hall that I was responsible for that made sure that they followed the rules and all that. And it was very like um, a little bit police-y, right? you right? You're sort of just watching over people. But the side of that that really grew me as a person and I see that We talk about leadership being influence. It's very directly related to how you relate to people. And so in the way that I see myself differentiated as a leader, right, comes from this experience as a residential Hmm. advisor, a residential assistant, where I learned conflict management skills, and I very directly saw the applications to um, the residents, my friends at the time, on that hall. And so that led me through... um, incidents where I saw uh, my friends co- using alcohol to cope with stresses in their lives that were purely academic, um, where I helped to resolve conflicts between mutual friends, and very little of it was um, me doing anything, but it was taking these small little principles and a large number of them basically said, be less reactive, ironically mm-hmm. enough. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so I just I'm just thinking of all the different perspectives that you saw because you had to deal with those different conflicts, and so um, part of being uh, having strong convictions is is taking that lifelong journey, and and, and John even talked about this today is keeping your. An open hand with those things. It's not. We're not saying as you become so, more self-differentiated, your hand gets closed and you're. <laughs> str- you like, I am not changing no. now. This is. I'm not waiting. To the end of it. Yep, I'm. I'm not. I've already
2: decided these are my convictions, and heck with everybody else. And that was one of the. You know, we had a leadership training at school today, uh, with some teachers and some of the students were part of that leadership training. And one of the pushbacks we got at our training was from someone who has been part of our our uh work and uh the idea of self differentiation being, I know, follow me, I know the way, this is the right thing to do and get behind me, here we go. And we talked about being open to new ways of thinking. So you have some principles that you've tried on and yeah. you found them to be helpful and but you can add to that over time and and be that open hand and uh continue on that path of differentiation. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Saying and I this whole open hand thing I, I got from a different podcast um, but is in case you because I didn't really understand it right off the bat but like you can hold so many things in your hand but if your hands closed then you can't hold anything else and so you're just you know keeping your hand open and just all damn hold more things um, in case you didn't get the, I, the for some reason I just keep
1: it. imagining carrots like hmm. all more carrots in my hand and can't get any more carrots <laughs> in my
0: hands closed <laughs>
2: Good point. Yeah. I'm like, sure our, our listeners resonate with that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bugs bunnies out there. Yeah. Oh, I thought... I, th- I was thinking like baby carrots. They're kind of slippery though. <laughs> really hard to hold on yeah. Time. Or as I like to call them, hummus <laughs> dippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, one final question with this. Um, because I haven't read... Well, I guess maybe I've read some <laughs> of these. I haven't read too many of them. Self-help books. Mm. So... Quite possibly. Could a self-help book help you, be, help you with your
2: convictions? I guess it depends on what self-help book it would be. I, I think ideas borrowed from another and tried mm-hmm. on um, it's a play, it is a, maybe a place to start. But I think, and I don't want to lump self-help books in yeah. one big category, but I'm going to, is <laughs> the focus on technique and do these six things and mm-hmm, yeah. you'll be a winner. Um, and I think, okay, that's great, but you don't know who I am. And yeah. you don't know my, I just, it's almost willing myself to, to, um, I don't know, I guess this is just me personally. I just can't commit to certain techniques and re- remember to do them like, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I supposed to do that. But if I can really think carefully about what I believe, then it's all internally driven. It's not external yeah. reminders or post-it notes that I got to stick everywhere to remember. And you, <laughs> know, you, you asked the question about the self-differentiation journey for each of us and where it comes from. I I think for me, my faith is an important important piece of of who I am as a person. And you know, my faith in God that talks about what's my origin and what's my destiny. And I have a firm belief in in both of those bookends. And so because I have a firm belief in both of those ends, mm. my why and why I'm here on earth is pretty clear to me. And I think that can lead to some peace. Uh, the second component for me is, and I'm not sure if I could quantify the path of this, but it seems that there's correlation. I'm not sure where the causation part is, but of working on my own family relationships and trying mm. to make connections with my father and with my brother and with my sister with my wife and my own children and being intentional about that and one-on-one relationships. Bowen talks, he says, that's the single greatest thing you can do as a person to become self-differentiated is to work on your family of origin relationships. Hmm. And I'm working with a couple of clients right now, encouraging them to do that, and they look at me sideways like I'm nuts. I'm <laughs> like, seriously, I haven't talked to my sister for five years, and you're telling me I need to call her? I'm like, hey, you can do what you want. If, if you're calm and everything's going great in your life, here's the interesting piece, and I know I've been long-winded, but I'll say this. In the people that I work with that have high levels of chronic anxiety, to a person, there's actually four, but to a person, it is fractured family relationships are prevalent in all four of those scenarios. And I shared that with them, and I said, maybe there's something to this. And, you know, maybe you got something different. So for those listening at home, maybe you have a different idea. Try that idea. But I would give you a, I would encourage you to think long and hard about cutoffs in families and how you can think, well, I'll just escape that. Yeah, I.
0: it's funny because when you, and I've done this with a couple of students where I'm like, okay, well, you need to talk to this person and your family. And just to see their eyes widen or like a slip of like a curse word underneath their breath as as you tell them, you're telling me to do, what are you, what? So it, it's, always, it's always an interesting um, piece to that too. Um, well, now I feel like I need to, Say why I have my convictions. I would like to hear it. Um, Because there's, you know, in my life there's been some rather acute anxiety um, scenarios that have taken place. And so that's deaths and other types of things in my family. And um, it's taken a long time for me to really wrap my head around it, I would say. But in the past five years or so, um, some things that have really been helpful to me. Um, I went to a conference. It was about um, your own story and understanding your own story. And there was like a curriculum. (laughs) (laughs) I hate using the word curriculum, but I'm going to now. I'm a teacher. Um, And they went through this curriculum that really looked back through your life and really helped you understand your roles and your relationships that you currently have and those major points in your life and how they've kind of guided you to who you are. So that, that was one of the things that really helped me out. Um, and, and quite obviously, I think a lot of this leadership stuff has also helped me out. But I've also seeked um, medical help and within a psychological realm that has been helpful to me as well. And those are some applicable, maybe technical type things. Um, but as far as my convictions go, that that, that only made my convictions stronger, I would say. Um, but my conviction, uh, much is what it is to... Um, to john like my faith has carried me through from as soon as i can remember um i was just very staunch and if anybody asked me what my why was i would say and i would still say this to the day whenever i can remember when i started living as a person (laughs) um (laughs) was love god and love people and so my whole lens everything that i do is is based off of those two things and I've just been blessed to be able to have that early in my life. I mean, I I don't have any other reasons to have that other than blessed. Like it wasn't like somebody told me that. Um, I don't specifically remember that time where somebody told me, but um, and so that's really driven a whole lot of things. But at the same time, I still had all these other different acute anxieties, and so that continual working on um. How can I become a better person? And in my eyes, in my head, is like, how can I love people better? And how can I love the God that I love better? And so, that really drove me forward on what was what was the next thing. And so, um, yeah, I think I think thank you guys for sharing your different self differentiation stories there a little bit. And I know we didn't hear them all. We didn't hear the extent of of Zach's. I'm sure Zach, you have more things to say about yours if you wanted to. Oh
1: no, that's probably about it. That's all I got. <laughs>
0: Oh, 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 yeah! I forgot. Your mom talked a lot about them. Yeah, which yeah. It'll be an interview oh, no. later on.
2: Yeah, I forgot all about that. It's always nice to have your mom speak for you. Yeah,
1: uh,
0: I'm a little worried about what she said. <laughs> that'll be that'll be next month. That'll be the December sh- chat session. So um, that'll be exciting. So something to look forward to there. <laughs> Me especially. Oh boy, yeah. Oh, speaking of chat sessions, um, by the time I guess. You listen to this, it will be John Schott, I believe. Yeah, right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. John Schott will um, – that chat session had come out. John, I had a discussion with John Schott, who's a good friend of mine. I, I, I strongly suggest it. It was the most, I don't know, different discussion about leadership. His premise was you need to lead from your weaknesses. And I think my brain like melted when he said that because I was like, what? Everything I've ever heard has been about like leading by your strengths. And so he totally counterintuitively was like, nope, we're going to go the other direction. So, um, yeah, go ahead and give a listen to that. Yeah, so super interesting. Um, Interesting premise. Definitely interesting. Well, uh, gentlemen, I think we are about it when it comes down to this. How to become more self-differentiated. So in recap... uh, (laughs) what would you i mean how are we going to recap this how do you do it i mean
1: i i think we can also tie in this whole how to be more self-differentiated thing by finishing our answer to can self-help books make you more differentiated and i think um what what's going on here is we are promoting this idea of a a perspective to look through. And so when we're talking about leadership, it's about influence. It's about the relationships that you can have with other people. It's with the people who are drawing closer to you rather than away from you. And so there's not, to John's point, there's not six things that are going to work in every situation. And they might be helpful, but they're helpful within this premise of a perspective where we are people and we have these reactions where we want to grow distant from people and we want to grow closer to people and we learn a lot of that the ways that we do it and where we stand on that closeness spectrum from our families of origins and so while it is about our systems a lot of it is where we've come from
2: yeah i would just say two closing thoughts for those that take notes because some people are like just give me a couple things okay i'll give you a couple things <laughs> one is think carefully through guiding principles what you really believe. And that's through trial and error, through reading, through reflection, through conversations. And then secondly, in your family, think about who you're too close to, who you can't separate from, who you're so afraid to disappoint that you don't want to stand for self. Or on the opposite side, who are you too distant from, where that relationship is even perhaps fractured. And work on distancing from the first and closing the gap with the second. Those are two things to consider.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, uh, gentlemen, with that, we're going to wrap this thing up. You can check us out uh, on, on the Facebook, and you can also send us an email through theofpodcast at gmail, and we would love to hear from you if you have any questions. We're going to cover a myriad of different topics that we have lined up, but your questions are really awesome. If
1: you throw out a question to us, we will do our best to answer it, and we'll even give you a shout-out if you choose not to be anonymous. <laughs>
2: we'll try not to leave it too open-ended at the end. Check out MySpace, too. I think we have that uh, account starting soon, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a new f- new platform just out. <laughs> oh, you got to reopen your account? I am. Mine's still going on, oh, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have one follower. <laughs> the person's now deceased. They died in 2006. But anyways. It's a little sad. It, it is sad. Is kind of just taking, <laughs> taking
0: a weird turn, yet yeah, we're laughing. Um, also, YouTube, you can check us out there. Simplecast is where we... Um, Simplecast is where we put our uh, our podcast through. Um, and who should we be shouting out to?
1: Um, I think we're shouting out Jesse Huffstetler for his, uh, what's it called? Squagmire. Yeah. Mm, we yes, love the Squagmire the or Starfish <laughs> Limiter as it's called. He provided us with our amazing theme song that we start and end the podcast with and also fancy little technical tool that we're using to make our voices sound just a little bit prettier.
0: So take that into consideration when you think about wonder our voices sound like now oh, yeah oh yeah especially with our our new mic stands and everything um well uh with that um zach's gonna try to catch this fruit fly that's in the room <laughs> and, I and we're gonna we're gonna finish up so i'm alex i like baby carrots i'm perpetually
1: confused and i'm john i'm zach and i'm still confused about Squid <laughs> and we'll see
0: you later <laughs> bye